Welcome to Sex, Body and Soul. I'm Kate Roberts, founder of The Body Agency. And on this show, we talk about the marvel that is our bodies, what they can do and what they need to thrive. Ladies out there, our time is now. Let's get to it. Our next guest is no stranger to the show. It is the fabulous Dr. Kelly Kasperson. Now, we decided that it was time to have a good old combo about how to have really good sex. Kelly actually, in her part-time of being a neurologist, so when she's not looking at kidney stones and vaginas and really helping women who are suffering down there, she is helping women to have really good sex. So excited to have you, Kelly, and welcome to the show. Dr. Kelly's in the house. How are you, my darling? Oh, great, my love. Thanks for having me back. Well, it is so good to have you back on the show with this beautiful thing in my hands. I am holding Dr. Casperton's new book. It's called You Are Not Broken, which is also the name of her podcast. And a big round yellow sticker, it says, Stop shooting all over your sex life. So good. I love it. Kelly, congratulations. Thank um, you. I am so happy that we have a book all about having the best sex of your life and really talking about how people shoulda, woulda, coulda, and then they really go through their lives not really having a good sex life at all. And you are the person to put them back on track for an amazing sex life. Absolutely. In learning this, I wasn't like born knowing all this stuff. Like I really did a deep dive after I had a transformative patient in my clinic. And I was like, is it true we don't know? Is it true? And I just learned how bad it is out there. And then I started mm. reading the books. And I basically, in my book, I talk about there's either the like super academic book that's going to tell you all the science and like the electrical monitoring of the brain during orgasm. Well, I don't know how helpful that is, right? And then there's the other book, which is like, let's call it a yoni and breathe into your spleen. And we've got to convert to an Eastern religion and go back in time. And it's like, well, I don't know how useful that is for the average busy woman either, right? It's like we need practical advice to realize that we did not get an adult sexual education that teaches us how to communicate what pleasure we want or even desire. We had no adult sex ed. We got a no. disease and prevention plan with a little bit of shame thrown in when we were mm -hmm. like mid-teenage year, right? Mm -hmm. But we really mm -hmm. don't revisit this of like when we're in that long-term relationship and our lives are busy we throw our sex to the wayside because it probably wasn't all that good to begin with, or it was great, but we just got busy, right? So it's really this like adult sex ed. I love that. And I love the notion of there is no adult sex ed. You get that in your teens from your friends, maybe if you're lucky from a family member, a sister, a brother, whoever. And then what we have is Hollywood, right? When you talk about this in the book, where, you know, we watch these films and it goes from, you know, making out and then, you know, some humpy pumpy and then an amazing orgasm. And we think that that's, you know, what it's all about, but there's no one to check in with about it. And that's what yeah, you talk about totally. in this book, because we're led to believe that Prince Charming is going to come along and you're going to fall into bed and and then have this amazing sex life. And that that is just not the case. Yeah. So, and if your desire wanes, that must mean that either A, something's wrong with you, B, you fell out of love or C, something's wrong with you, basically. 
And yeah. uh, to be like, no, 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 desire naturally goes down. It's dopamine. It's our brain. It's what mm-hmm. happens with novelty and like re- repetition and boredom. Like desire naturally goes down through the ages. Number mm-hmm. one, just accepting that makes us feel less broken. But number mm-hmm. two to say, if we want the desire to stay there, we actually want to work on it. We want to cultivate desire. We want to cultivate our attraction to our partner. We want to cultivate what pleasurable sex is. So many people just sit around like being entitled to this great sex life. But when you look at the research of the people who truly have magnificent sex, like it's intentional. This is intentional mm-hmm. stuff. And Hollywood just tells us like it's pixie fairy dust and either you've got it or you don't. Mm. And and the bottom line is sticking it in, thrusting it around like you sort of do see on the movies, right? Leads to a screaming orgasm is just not reality, Right. Yes, totally. And I think, you know, there's some insight that I've gotten recently. I was actually in my group. I have a private membership where I help women with their sex lives. And the person was like, how do I, how do I communicate with my partner? Because he's just happy doing boring for like the next 20 years. And I'm like, you realize that that isn't boring for them though. Like they're having the sex of their dreams all the time. The problem is you're not Mm. right. And so we Mm -hmm. think like navigating when one person's loving the sex they're having, but the other person isn't. Mm. being able to to have enough agency to say, hey, I, I actually want to talk about this. So a lot of this is about communication. And I think for women, and I certainly talk about myself here, also fantasy, right? Story making in your head. And, you know, it's really hard to juggle a good sex life when you're thinking about, oh, gosh, I didn't empty the dishwasher and i got to get the kids to soccer. And suddenly it's like, oh, God, it's Wednesday. I'm probably going to have to give it up. And so we don't live in an ideal world of romance and desire and fantasy. And, you know, we're not living on the movie set of Fifty Shades of Grey, right? So what is the secret weapon here that you talk about a lot in your book? Well, number one, like you said, is communicate, right? Like how many people are in how many years long of a relationship and have never talked about their sex life with each other? So that, that's just something to realize of like, oh, we really don't talk about this. It's going to stay the way it is if we don't, right? Mm-hmm. Like what we've created is how it is unless we do something to change that. And then number two, and I, I got this like literally last week, somebody was struggling because they're like, it's this black and white thinking of like, but the dishes and it was literally the dishes in the sink, right? Like, but mm-hmm. the dishes in the sink. And it's like, be intentional about how you want to live your life. Like, mm-hmm. truly, do you want to take care of, do you need to have clean dishes over pleasure, connection, relaxation, enjoyment? And the black and white thinking being like, well, if I let the dishes go this one day, like, it's all going to go to pot. I'm like, it probably isn't. Like, let's mm-hmm. be honest, right? Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. we're hanging on to like these duties. When you say at the end of your life, are you going to be super stoked that you just did all the dishes every single night? Like, is that really the life intentionally that you want to live? Mm. So what is the solution when you see the dirty dishes, you left the top of the toothpaste for the thousandth time, your kids are screaming and it's Wednesday night and you know that you're probably going to have to have sex tonight and it's become a bit of a chore and and you can't muster it up. You can't find that desire because you're not really liking your partner too much. And, you know, you, you've got anxiety and the kids are acting up. And like, what are some of the things, practical things that we can do 
to get it back on track. Because listen, I like pizza. I don't want to eat pizza every night, right? Yep. And some people love the same type of pizza every single night for the rest of their life. Yeah. And some people are like, I like pizza in Italy sometimes. And sometimes I like pizza in Santa Barbara. Sometimes my pizza has <laughs> marinara sauce on it, and sometimes it's just breadsticks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And really understanding what that means. Because some people are like, I've got this partner who just like can just eat the pepperoni out of the oven in the kitchen every single day, and they don't see that there's a problem yeah. with that. Yeah. Women tend to, in generalizing, tend to need more novelty, you know, break up the boringness of it all. But yeah. what you said in describing that woman was... Her thinking that sex is just another chore, sex is just another to do. And she and you describing that she was having sex for somebody else. And mm-hmm. it's, I know it's easier said than done. And I here I am, you know, preaching like it's it's easy, but it's like, take a look at what you're using sex for. And in that scenario you described, she was doing it to make somebody else happy. Yeah. She will never have the sex life of her dreams when she is mm-hmm. treating sex like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And understanding we're using sex to manipulate our partner's feelings and to make them not grumpy. That's called sexual coercion. Like it's a legitimate thing. There's not enough research about it. I'm incredibly passionate in talking about it of like, if that's what sex is, that women are like seeking the supplement online and on Instagram of like, where can I find my desire? And it's like, this is an opportunity to yeah. really look back and be like, where is sex within the realm of your life? How are you using sex? Is that yeah. what you really want? And of course if that's not your best sex life of course it's not your best sex life but really it's that awareness that's the first step Mm -hmm. so have you seen leo grande not yet it's not (gasps) in my theater and i don't i'm I'm really not as much as i'm on social media i do not have a lot of media in my house so i oh i I literally can't stream anything but i hear it's fantastic i'm like waiting for my friend to come back in town so i can go to her house and stream something it is so, so good. Let me tell you about the I plot. I hear it's so good. Yeah, it's so, so good. And I and I do think that this is a lot of, of women or a lot of vagina owners out there who have the same plot as what you see in this film. I mean, basically, a teacher who teaches religious education um, has been married to the same guy for 30-odd years. She's never had an orgasm. She's had, you know, boring mechanical sex for all those years and has never once brought up that she's not been enjoying it. And he dies and she goes ahead and hires a male prostitute who turns up and he's gorgeous and he's young. And he sort of talks her through how to have amazing sex, first with herself and then with him. And indeed, she goes ahead and has an orgasm and hires him over and over again and discovers herself. I mean, it is it is such a relatable film. And I watched it and I absolutely loved it. I'm sure it's going to get all every sort of award. And what I actually took away from the film more than, you know, just delving into our world, Kelly. This is the world we think about every single day, right? That we want people to have pleasure. We want people to think about their fantasies. We want people to have not just an orgasm, but a great orgasm and a multi-orgasm and and really discover themselves. She gets up as a 60-year-old woman in the film, and obviously she did this and was horrified that she had to do it, but she got up naked and she looked at herself in the mirror with all of her imperfections and, you know, she's had a couple of kids and has, you know, loose skin around her midriff and whatnot, you know, the average 
looking 60-year-old woman and really looks at herself. You know, she really looks at herself and, you know, in that way, loves herself really for the first time. And this guy helped her to do that. And I just think that we should all watch that film and we should look at the deeper meaning of of that film and what it means to really look at yourself and touch yourself and know yourself and know your pleasure and, oh, and, and, and. Can't wait for you to watch it. Can't wait to discuss it with you. Well, I, I mean, I, 100% and exactly. And, and going back to like, you know, the scenario you were talking about is like, if we treat sex like a product or we treat sex like a to-do list, you're missing that deep, deep connection and that deep, deep worth that you know, not even have with yourself, but can have with another individual. Right. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. really exploring that. And I think we're, we're treating sex as like, you know, a, an amusement park ride instead of like the personal growth that comes in body acceptance and being vulnerable and learning to communicate and prioritizing pleasure. Like sex is literally the final frontier of personal growth. If you mm-hmm. choose to accept it that way, if not, it's just another you know video game to do list thing that's not enjoyable. But mm-hmm. it's like. You know, I was talking to a lady the other day and she was trying to figure out this body image stuff and like the tips on the internet, like, what do I do if I have body image issues? And the tips on the internet are like, turn off the lights, wear some clothing. Like we're basically like, like live with your body image and just cover it up instead of being like radically accept and then go a step farther and be like, love, right? Not just accept, but love like these stages and realizing, you know, body image and issues with that. We were not born hating our bodies. Babies don't hate their bodies. We yeah. were taught that. It was put into us. Therefore, yep. we can undo it. It's fantastic work worth doing. But I don't think it even occurs to people that it's an option to do that. But yep. it's like, there's, yep. this, is our, this is our human spacesuit. This is literally all we have to experience all of this. And sex is an amazing part of owning the spacesuit. And yep. it's like, learning all about that, there's so much there. You go so deep so fast. But there's so many barriers, right? I mean, you're talking about this beautiful world where we love our bodies and our partners love our bodies. And sadly, it's just not the case for a lot of people. And, you know, again, I talk to my friends nonstop about this subject. They know what I do. They come to me. We talk about it. We dissect and over a couple of cocktails. And it's so fun. But, you know, I hear about stories where my friend has told me that the husband, like, grabs their flab around their waist and says, oh, we put on a few pounds, have we? And, you know, and this this can be a massive setback, right? This can be, you know, and of course we can say, well, he's an asshole and he shouldn't say that. And But people are human and this happens. And suddenly it's like you become conscious of if you've gained weight and, you know, you don't feel sexy and, you know, it's just, it's human nature, right, to do this. How do we overcome things like that, Kelly? Where, you know, this is this is hard stuff, right? We are body conscious and media and social media is telling us that we have to be perfect. And if we're not perfect, we're not sexual. And, you know, these, these are hard things, right? Again, I didn't, I was not born this way. I've done a whole bunch of work to get to this way. But it's like awareness, 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 awareness of why do I feel I need to be perfect to enjoy my body? Oh, well, maybe society, maybe because they want to sell me things, maybe because they are very interested in me taking my money to be more confident. 
that woman with the man who grabs her, first of all, I need her to know that that's not okay. Of course. And I need her to know that she has the ability to say, I don't want to be treated like that. Mm-hmm. When you treat me like that, it makes me feel X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Right. And in you telling that story, what I, what comes up for me is like her ability to say where her boundaries are. And I do know there are places in this world where women do not have that ability to say they are not safe and they cannot. But for the women who are safe and can start there, start by saying, when you do that, it feels very demeaning to me. And it makes me not feel sexually attracted to you or mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. Right. We must not just take what society puts on us and how they touch us and how they judge us and take that on. We are truly allowed to say, these are my boundaries. This is what I'm willing to put up with. And that agency, again, that sexually confident woman, that person who has agency, that extends into all different places of her life, right? Of what she's worth in the workplace, how how her parents treat her, how her children treat her. Have those boundaries because nobody's going to give those to you. Mm. Okay, I want to talk about two things now. I want to talk about the role of fantasy. And I also want to talk about the role of vibrators because I, let's talk about vibrators first. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, you order, you pick and go. But yeah, yeah, both yeah. very important. Both very important. I love vibrators. I think that they help. I think that there's still not enough communication out there about how important the clitoris is. And that, I don't know, it's 75% of women don't, really orgasm from penetration alone, right? So we yeah, need right. stimulation, stimulation, stimulation. The clitoris. Everyone needs to know that that is the magic button, right? Yeah. Sophia Wallace, who's an amazing artist, she said this thing the other week, and I'm stealing it, but it quote goes to her. Vibration and lube to the clitoris is like heat and salt to food. Ooh, love that. Isn't that good? Yes, it's so good. It's so good. It's like, you can eat the food without heat and salt, but like, wouldn't you rather have some heat and salt to your food? Yeah. And I actually tried this oil the other day. It was like a CBD pleasure oil. And I don't know whether it was psychological or not, but who cares, right? Who cares which comes to fantasy? But that together with a vibrator, that CBD oil, which it could just be what you're saying, right? Lube and vibration of the key. Whether the CBD was doing anything, I don't know, but it was in my head. Who knows? But the role of vibrators. Now, I have gotten to the stage where, you know, I'm sexually confident and I'm able to communicate. I'm able to say, listen, you know, I want to get the vibrator out. I want to use this during sex. But a lot of women are mortified. And then the reaction of the man is, well, why do you need that? You know, again, it's like grabbing the flab, right? A lot of women don't feel confident enough to introduce that into their intimacy. So any thoughts on that, Kelly? Oh, many. First of all, vibrators are normal. I like to normalize vibrators because like I literally have a water pick and electric toothbrush. Do I need that? No. But like technology enhances my body, right? And so I I just want to say like, you can't have technology enhance every single aspect of your life. But then with sex, you're like, oh, no, no, definitely not sex. Like, come on, people, like, just catch up to what we're otherwise doing. I think, uh, number one, the male ego is like, they don't understand. And if we can look at it from they don't have education either, it's a much kinder way to look at it than his ego is hurt or he's threatened. Like, however, we can we can look at it not so nice. 
But it's like he doesn't understand that if his if he came a great way, he might want to do that more frequently. Same with her, right? The penis is not perfectly designed to give the clearest stimulation. We need hands, we need mouths, and now we have technology. So it's that connection. It's that like, what do you need to, to feel pleasure? Why wouldn't you want your partner to have all the tools necessary? So I just like to change the conversation because so many women, again, we're just not taught how to prioritize our pleasure. And I would suggest to that woman, she's having somebody else's best sex. She's not having her best sex if she's not able to fully be herself and do what feels the best to her in a partner relationship. And when you look at like, you know, you'll get these stereotypes of like, oh, women just they're more complicated. They just take longer to orgasm. They don't. They take the exact same amount of time with masturbation that men do. You just partner them with a man and it takes longer. Is it her fault? Maybe a little bit if she doesn't communicate her needs, but he doesn't have the education either, right? And again, I got to step back and be like, speed to orgasm is not our only marker of success, but I just want to take down any sort of like barrier where we're like, of course it takes you longer because women take longer. It's like, actually, no, women are actually very, very good at knowing how to give themselves an orgasm and they can do it in three to five minutes, which is the same as men. You just partner them with a male and then things just get less successful. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point, right? There's a stigma now of being a woman and, you know, finding it hard to orgasm. But you're absolutely right. We can do it within two to three minutes with a good vibrator with ourselves. And why is that not the case with men? Because we are not communicating properly about what we want or what we like. And that can be highly erotic just in the communication. I think women are just afraid. They're afraid to communicate or embarrassed or the men's ego gets in the way or the way the man responds to what we're saying gets in the way. Oh, what are we going to do about this, Kelly? What are we going to do? Practice, practice. I mean, this is why I was sitting around like a month ago. I was sitting around in my town with my sex therapist friends and like my sex educator friends. And we have this group. And I was like, are you taking new patients? No. Are you seeing people? No, they're all booked out. And I'm like, well, there's not enough people to help. And so that's why I opened up my public, like, private membership, because it's like, I need a place for women to be able to talk about this, to receive feedback, to receive encouragement, to receive troubleshooting things, to work on their limiting beliefs of it's too hard, it's too scary, I'm too unattractive. But those are all just thoughts that through coaching and feedback, we can get rid of and reprogram to be mm. the sexually confident women that we can be. Even if you've never been that person before, it's possible for everybody. We are inherently sexual beings with clitorises. It's, in, yep. it's like this crazy haircut. Like this haircut was always underneath there. I just had to go find it. I just love it so much. For those of you who are not seeing her hair right now, she has this like fantastic, spiky, all over the place, wonderful, just got out of bed hair going on. And she's just gorgeous. I know, it's wild. I'm like, it needs its own Instagram account. But like, the point is, it, it was always there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just had no Yeah, idea. yeah. Mine was not always there. <laughs> I added this little thing here. <laughs> See? We add our hair, you can you add vibrators. Exactly. Like, it's just the things that benefit exactly. us. Exactly. And then just own it, right? It's this, it's this concept. It's this, yeah, it's this concept of sex exceptionalism. Of like, no, well, not technology in the bedroom. Yeah. It's like, we, we, like, we have things that track our sleep to help us sleep better. When we're literally, like, unconscious. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to have technology. I everywhere. actually think that a really good campaign 
would be to send women vibrators all over the world and just say, you know, play with them, like experiment. If I think about the women that I've met all over the world who, you know, I've met them because we wanted to get them access to contraception, right? Because we want people to space their families and choose when to have a child or when not to have a child. And, you know, those women, I think, sometimes are in, you know, arranged marriages and not enjoying sex. God, what a great campaign to send everyone a little vibrator all over the world. Right? Yeah. I would love to so do far. that. And, and, you know, for people who do have the immense privilege of more than one vibrator, let's talk about them. You know, it's illegal, apparently illegal in Texas to have more than six vibrators. No way. Look, look me up and fa- No way. Look me up and fact check me on this. I was just in Texas for a conference earlier this spring. It used to be one vibrator or two, and they increased it to six. Uh, who is making so this? You should have at least who's making these laws. But you should have as many vibrators as is legally acceptable in the state in which you live. Wow. Okay, that just blew my mind. I'm definitely going to check up on that. But it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't surprise we'll me with Roe v. Wade and everything that's going on right now, where men in gray suits. I know, and at, and at the same time, sex is marketed left and right. Like, let's be serious. Sex is marketed everywhere. Yet we're super uncomfortable talking. Well, and also we, we don't get ourselves pregnant, do we? There's always somebody, no. there's always somebody involved in Never. that. Yeah. Okay. Fantasy. Fantasies. Let's talk about fantasies. So good. So good. I love a good fantasy. I really do. Like often I'm not thinking about the person I'm with. Oh God, I, I just totally said that. Normal, I just said totally that. Totally acceptable. But I want to know, like, it's very important. Number one, vulnerable of you, and thanks for sharing. But number two, like, very important for people to understand. Fantasies are normal. Fantasies can be things you would never, ever, 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 ever do in the human world. That's what our brains do. Our brains love novelty. Novelty is dopamine and desire. Like, it's usually helpful when we're creating these. So don't judge yourself. Don't say you shouldn't. Don't be like, is this an acceptable fantasy? You guys, fantasies are balls to the walls, weird and kinky and crazy. You do not need to share them with anybody. You do not need to share them with your partner. If you do, they may judge you for it. So I just recommend like maybe you don't. Those fantasies are 100% yours. Don't feel the need to judge them or share them. You're totally normal. And uh, if your fantasies are not socially acceptable, that's totally normal. Just normalizing this for people, I think, goes a long way in making them feel normal. Yep. And everyone does it. Men and women are all fantasizing. And, you know, if you're fantasizing about getting raped or kidnapped or bound up or hit or whatever, that is not to say that you want that in real life. If that's what turns you on, correct? absolutely think about it and do what you need to do. But, and I agree with you, you know, unless you want to, don't tell your partner. Those are your fantasies and you own them. And if that's what works for you, Go for it, right? There's plenty of research on this that help. It's not just like me making up my comment. Like this is all coming from like evidence-based sex therapist stuff of like, it is normal. It is normal that they're not socially acceptable. It is not always recommended that you share these with anybody, right? Especially if they could at some point be used against you. So, but to know that they're socially deviant is, is very common. That's just our brain wanting to have an escape. Mm. And it does, don't make it mean anything about you, about your moral upstanding or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just, we just got to normalize fantasies for what they are. They're just brain, brains doing brain magic. Mm-hmm. And do you recommend any good tools, media, shows, 
we love the Rosie app at the Body Agency. We think Meet Rosie is... Yeah, Rosie's yeah. great. They come up with new content all the time. A lot of women, they find that reading erotica is more preferable than visual. Mm-hmm. And there are many women who like visual too, no, no judgment. But if you're, say, say you're a person who has like strong feelings against porn, but you want to like experience what, you know, fantasy might be, reading the erotica or even listening. There's a podcast, audio erotica, or ways where it's not so, it can be very visually jarring mm-hmm. for people to, to actually watch it. And the other thing is when you read it or you listen to it, you get to create the picture in your brain, which is a lot of times more fun than just watching a created picture for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. And in your book, you talk a lot about, again, the book is called You Are Not Broken. And you talk about changing your mindset and being a psychological being. And I think that is so important. When I talk about that film, Leo Grande, she shifted her mindset of being in a boring marriage where she'd never had an orgasm to deciding that she wanted to be sexually fulfilled. And I think changing your mindset where you agree with yourself that you're going to talk to your partner, you're going to agree with yourself that you're going to love your body, you're going to agree with yourself that, you know, you're going to work towards having an orgasm and putting the work in because it is, it is a shift in mindset. It is putting the work in. It is agreeing with yourself that you're going to love your body and, you, you have to make that arrangement with yourself, right? And that's what you talk about in the book, which is so helpful. Yeah, I really like the quote, if you aren't changing it, you're choosing it, right? Like we all feel like we're stuck and it's like, you're choosing the stuck. You're choosing to stay there because it might be benefiting you to not be confrontational with your partner. It might be benefiting you to not say, I need some time for mom, yeah. like an hour, at least once a week. Yeah. Like, so- what we're choosing can be benefiting us, even if we're not mm-hmm. seeing it that mm-hmm. way. And what you're describing is really that agency, like the, what yeah. agency means of like, I'm going to choose to do something different, but I have my own back yeah. doing it. It might fail. I have my own back. He might not like it the first time I bring this up, but I have my own back. Mm-hmm. And it's really that agency and that groundedness of like, we're all just, you know, we're, especially women, we're like, punishingly perfectionist and I got to do this right. And how does she do it? Cause then I'll just do it. Like she does it. And it's like, life is a grand experiment, mm-hmm. right? The sex life of your dreams. And I've said this in the book, but it's like, you're one of 7 billion people. You're the only one who has your body, right? And your fantasies and your needs. It's like, it's yours to discover. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to be able to do that. For mm-hmm. you. There's a reason I came up with the name, the body agency, because you're right. It's having agency over your body. Nobody is going to do it but you. And I love that. I love how you talk about that. And, you know, again, I, I get back to this because it's almost like there's a pink elephant in the room for a lot of these relationships out there around the world where they know they're having bad sex <laughs> and they just haven't found the tools to be able to communicate in a way without getting angry or emotional. And there's just ways of doing it, right? There's there's a sexy way of lying in bed and saying, you know, that doesn't feel good, but this feels good. You know, like like just finding those tools and again, shifting your mindset to be able to communicate with your partner to have the best sex of your life. And sometimes it's it's also, you know, 
I don't know how much you know about tantric, but it's something that I've recently discovered where, you know, you don't touch and you just talk or you look or you you avoid the sexual areas and, and you, you know, you touch each other in different ways. And we haven't talked about that yet, Kelly. You know, maybe we should, you know, tantric and meditation and and really just knowing each other deeply can be very, very, very sexy. Very super sexy. I mean, and I would say like, save it for the more advanced people. Like you're not going to go from like, I'm having shitty sex just for him to being a tantric superstar on Tuesday. Mm. Right. Like, and I write about this in the book is like, it's who you become on the process of discovering those things. Like it truly is the journey that is the fun and is the whole point. Like there's no there, there, there's no like tantric expert that never has to like deal with shame or body image issues anymore. Right. Like it's the process of becoming that, of learning to communicate, of learning to feel sensations in our body, mm. of learning to pay attention to the mind's thoughts and just let them go, to release the judgment, to release the shame. It's all work worth mm. doing. Do you know what I love about you, Kelly? And there's so many things, but what I really love about you is how practical you are. You're not one of the, you're a doctor. You're a very, very good doctor. You've chosen this path. You're writing these stories. You're advising people. You're doing the work, but you're practical. Uh, you're not one of these foo-foo people where it's like, I'm going to float off on a cloud and feel the vibrations and put jada balls up, up my vagina. Like you're, you're, you're practical. And I love that about you. I mean, seriously, I really well, think that you. you're going to change the world. I mean, I think the thing is, you know, but it's like, I'm not selling, I'm not here to sell anything, right? Like the, the jade ball people or the lube people, like I'm not literally not trying to sell anything. Mm -hmm. Six vibrators have at least five if you live in Texas, but like, it's a way of life. Yeah. Like it's a way of, of female empowerment and agency yep. in the world. Yep. And it's like, we say we talk about sex, but it's like, it's, it's all the things. It's all yep. of it that helps you live a, a best life. And I'm just like proof of the product, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was busy. I was stressed. I'm a mom. I didn't prioritize my sex life. And like in me learning all this, it's like, Hey, do you think that maybe I got a little out of all this knowledge too? Like, yep. And I'm here to say it did not happen no. overnight. Well, like, I did not become awesome by, by Tuesday. Like it's really a process, <laughs> kind of like a fitness lifestyle, yeah. right? Or like, it's like a lifestyle. Best sex lifestyle. I love it. Now you can go to thebodyagency.com and find out more about Kelly. You can find her book. You can buy it. We're also going to be doing some giveaways. It is the best book. It's almost like your Bible to the best sex of your life. And it, it does give urgency and agency and tips. Again, it's called You Are Not Broken. And Kelly, we've got so many things planned. I cannot wait to go down this journey with you. I just feel blessed to have met you. Yeah, I'm similarly very excited. Yeah. Oh, wait till you see what we got cooking, people. Just wait, people. There's going to be a lot of Kelly and Kate in the future <laughs> around this subject. Kelly, thanks for being on the show again. You are awesome. Thanks for having me. I love it. And you. yes, and please go to thebodyagency.com to get more about Kelly and her book and even book a session. So thanks for being with us, Kelly. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Sex, Body and Soul. Remember, you can find all my favorite products and resources to support your health and sexual wellness through my one-stop shop, The Body Agency. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. We are actually partnering up with Vital Voices to get much needed dignity kits to the refugees in Ukraine. Girls and women do not have access to personal hygiene products that keep them safe and healthy. Please go to thebodyagency.com to donate a dignity kit today. Be sure also to sign up for our email list at The Body Agency for the latest curated recommendations from our industry experts and use our special promotional code podcast10 to get a 10% discount. Thank you for listening.